Here's Jones on the stretch, cuts it back the other way. Look at that. How good is that? Rojo can go. Touchdown, USC. Hello and welcome to the USC Overtime Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Helfand from the Los Angeles Times, coming to you after USC's 38-24 win over Colorado in Boulder. Joined here by the one and only, and thank God for that, Dylan Hernandez. Dylan, um... Is this your podcast voice? Yeah. Is this bad? It is. I I would drop the podcast voice. Just talk normal. You feel like you have to project, like, into the microphone. I I don't know. No, I think you should talk normal. It's kind of weird. Okay. You know, and I think you kind of come (laughs) You sound a little too stiff that way. I would only kind of talk natural. You're a likable guy, man. That's your personality. I don't know about that. So, was this... I mean, like... the game started out as 27 nothing at one point. Yeah. Was this a dominant game, or was this a game that they kind of like showed some of their issues? I mean, honestly, this is probably the first complete game I've seen USC play this year. Right, It's the first game I've attended in person. Do you mean literally complete game? Or, or like... Like, <laughs> <laughs> like a full like, game. Like the like, first game you saw all the way through. Like, right. Like you're not saying like this is the first... Like, yeah, no, I've, I've seen, right, I've okay. seen yeah. parts of... you know, And to me, what was just a little... Kind of puzzling almost was you, you look at the talent, right? You look at the way they move the ball, and even kind of actually early, like in the first quarter, even I remember thinking, like, how's this 0 0, right? There's like a certain something that's lacking here, I think, you know, and, and kind of again, you, you know, you brought up the, the, the big lead early. Um, they kind of didn't have that thing where they could just stomp on the opponent's neck, and I don't know what it is that's missing because you know what? Like, you look at the, the running back, Ronald Jones, I think is great. Right. Obviously, Sam Darnold is, um, you know, we saw him make some deep throws today. Uh, you clearly are seeing pro- he's a really good quarterback, um, you know, despite whatever happened earlier this season. Uh, I think the receivers have kind of come around now. The defense looks pretty good. Uh, and so to me, it was actually a little bit kind of puzzling. Like what's something's not right here. You know, what is it that doesn't allow them to, you know, again, maybe finish some drives or you know, in this game, just in, you know, just kind of put the opponent away. Like, to me, it was kind of puzzling, again, why Colorado was even in this game at the end. Well, I'm glad you said that because this has been kind of like the theme of the season where, they're look, they're 9-2, and two, they just won the Pac-12 South, and they clinched a spot in the championship game. They're probably, chances are they play either Stanford or Washington State. They play both of those teams. I think you like their chances on a neutral field against either of those teams right now. So they're they're very good chance they go ten and two, eleven and two, and win the Pac twelve. Um, but yet, like, are we are we being hypercritical? I mean, I think the question for for when we do this podcast every week is, are we being too hypercritical um, about this team? Because it does seem like something's missing. So I'm, I'm, it's interesting that you say. Yeah, that. well, you know, because early on, right at, at Pac twelve media day, when we were when you and I were kind of talking about this and you were kind of running down the roster and you explained to me how, right, there are two guys that were All-Americans or at least borderline All-Americans off the offensive line that they lost. Uh, obviously, their top receivers are gone. You know, we weren't quite sure who they were going to throw the ball to. Uh, it actually, when you kind of looked at that, it kind of reminded me a little bit of like UCLA last year, right, where you got the quarterback coming back, so everybody's excited and they're favored to win. And obviously, like, SC's got, like, more talent, 
you know, kind of top to bottom than UCLA does. I didn't expect them to just kind of completely, you know, kind of fall off the rails the way UCLA did last year. But at the same time, I didn't think that they were going to be as good as people thought either, you know. Um, to me, what was, again, kind of just puzzling was, you know, yet this team that I saw today was a lot better than I was expecting it to be, you know, because <laughs> usually, you know, because that's the thing, because, you know, you look at it from like afar and you kind of talk about this being a theme of the season. Usually when things are like this, like there's usually, it's usually a talent problem, you know, especially I think like in college sports too, right? I mean, the reason Alabama is usually good is because they have like the best players, you know, the teams that win generally, I think have the best players and like here it's a little bit kind of puzzling why it's kind of gone. I mean, I guess we see it in the results. You see the, the talent is reflected in the results, mm-hmm. but I do think if you're kind of watching at least the game today, um, you, you kind of left you scratching your head a little bit. Like, how did this, why did they find themselves in certain situations that should have been avoidable? Well, here's my hypothesis on this. USC has, they, they lost a lot of talent from last year, and they don't have quite like a national championship caliber roster, but they still have a lot of talent. So they have a lot of talent, and they have a coach that they really like and that they play for and they never quit on. So that's why they win a lot in the fourth quarter. Also, they have Sam Darnold, which helps in the fourth quarter. That's why they win a lot of these games. They also have a coaching staff right now that, for whatever reason, doesn't have them super disciplined. Um, They're sloppy. There's some issues that have lingered all throughout the year. They still commit a lot of penalties in most games. They didn't today. It wasn't a ton. But... So, so they have kind of like two sides of the coin where you, you say Clay Allen's doing a really good job in motivating these guys and keeping these guys together and keeping these guys playing normally pretty hard for them. But they also are a little bit sloppy for them. So I think that's part of, like, that's my hypothesis, is that, like, you, like Helton's one side of his coaching, and this is his second full year, one side of the, the, like, two parts of coaching he's got really developed well, and the other part, like the X's and O's and the, like, discipline stuff... He doesn't have quite developed yet, and I think that is it accounts for a lot of like the the thing that's missing. Right. Well, and I think you know when you ask the question, are we being hypercritical? You know, unfortunately, the market is the market, right? Yeah. And it's hard. We just have so much going on, and the truth is that we don't pay attention to college football unless one of our teams is a national contender. You know, and so. It's almost, you know, unless, obviously, you know, they're obviously very passionate USC fans, they're passionate UCLA fans, but for the rest of the city that isn't, you know, that doesn't belong to one of those groups, uh, it's pretty much kind of national championship or bust almost, you know, and unfortunately that is, that's what it is, right? There's no, you can't, there's no way around that dynamic. It's just kind of the market that they're in. And, you know, does that, is that unfair to them? I mean, I guess kind of, but I mean, at the same time, you know, the flip side of it is, though, is that if you, in this market, if you have success, um, I think you get elevated to a point where, right, like the Reggie Bushes and the Matt Leinerts were, like, legitimate you're a, you're celebrities a yeah, you're, in, yeah. right, in town. And I think Darnold had that opportunity, at least coming into this year. You know, and I think what, what's kind of ironic, just like with everything with Darnold, was, you know, we saw the hype coming into the season. The season doesn't start off well. And we just kind of like forgot about him almost, right? The rest yeah. of us, you know, I was yeah. obviously the last month you know, I was with the Dodgers. He was almost a bigger national story because of the NFL stuff than he was a local story. Right, yeah. He yeah. kind of disappeared and it's like, you know, and here, right, I, I just coming, coming off, uh, you know, a month with the Dodgers and saw the guy today and I'm like, wow, this guy's like really good. <laughs> you know, I thought, what, yeah. what is all this about the regression, whatever, you know, he's making deep throws now. I don't know. Like, to me, he looks like a better quarterback than he was last year. I think he's a better quarterback than he was last year. 
you know. Um, At this point, he is. Yeah, and I think, you know, I'm sure that had people been paying attention, there was kind of a lot of interesting stuff, you know, and I think, um, you know, they, they touched on this a little bit, right, some of the other guys, and Clay Hilton did too, just kind of a, the role of Darnold's leadership, you know, and kind of um, helping the receiving core kind of come together, you know, where, right, um, you know, I mean, them losing Rodgers and Schuster Smith last year, Smith Schuster, Smith Schuster <laughs> last year, um, you know, they, uh, you know, you had younger guys that are kind of having to kind of step into more, uh, you know, into bigger roles, and I think, you know, just kind of talking to some of the guys, it sounded like Donald's been a big part of that, and in giving these guys confidence, you know, and repeatedly, you know, throwing the ball to them, even when things didn't start off necessarily all that great. Um, you know, so I'm sure that if you've been paying attention, it's been kind of a fun thing to kind of watch. But again, like, just like, it's L.A., you know, we're, we're coming off a World Series run. The city, that's what they were focused on. And then as soon as that ended, it's been about Lonzo, you know, and then now these kids at UCLA got busted shoplifting, you know, <laughs> and there's always something right yeah. and now the whole city it's harvey weinstein and louis ck and all that so yeah it's kind of tough to, to break through to really kind of break through yeah. yeah you know and i do think the the one good thing is though and this is kind of what i wrote at the end of my column today was you know darnold now at least usc has secured a spot in the pac-12 championship game right they're going to get at least like one more major spotlight moment i think and Donald maybe is going to be able to show us how good he is. Like, kind of remind people. Yeah. Like, hey, like, hey, I'm actually really good here. You know. I looked at him tonight, or today, I guess it was this afternoon, today, and I said, this guy, like, bye, bye. <laughs> like, go, go to the NFL now. Because some of the throws he was making. I, I think everything, he, he had almost everything last year. He had the, the pocket presence, which is probably his best skill, that and his creativity getting out of the pocket. Um, but he had, he had enough arm strength. He had enough accuracy. He had the leadership. Um, he, he had the ability to run when you want. Uh, he, he had pretty much everything that you look for, except his deep balls weren't amazing all the time. And um, he, we didn't see it last year. I didn't even realize this last year, but teams focused on this in the beginning of this year. He couldn't throw it outside the numbers that well consistently. And teams had just were like, all right, you're going to beat us. You're going to have to throw it down the sideline consistently. And he, he, he didn't early. Washington State, that was their whole ML. Um, and the, his most impressive throws today were, were down the sideline. He, just in the first half alone, it, it two, like almost two plays in a row, he had, I think, to Tyler Vaughn's, just yeah. two, two streaks down the sideline that were just perfectly placed. Yeah, and I think, you know, what, what, what was interesting too, right, is that once he established that, then it opened up other things, right? Yeah. I think Because I think it was the very next drive that he hit Burnett up the middle. He loves going you know, up the middle, right? Yeah. For thirty-seven yards, yeah. but that opened up because he was hitting the guys down the, the on the right. sidelines. And later, after the Burnett thing led to the, you know, when he scrambled in, and again it was because they, you know, they they double team one of the receivers, whatever, and kind of opened up this channel. So yeah, you kind of see him being able to make those throws to the side. Really, just kind of opens up the entire field for him. He he rarely, when he wowed me, it was normally in the past, normally not because, wow, that was a beautiful ball. Like, Josh Rosen, you look at it, like he throws a really pretty ball. Uh, Sam Darnold, when you look at his throws that really impressed me in the past, it was always like, how did he see that? Or how did he make that decision that quickly? Or how did he have the guts to throw that in there? 
now, I mean, you still have that, but now he's adding, wow, that was a really nice ball. Yeah, I thought that too. You know, and I've always been, you know, and we were talking about this earlier today, like I've, in the past, I've always probably been more on the side of more of a Rosen guy, at least in terms of the NFL, right? Because, you know, again, just kind of what you brought up, right? Mechanically just kind of seems cleaner, just seems a little more polished. I think you could see at least like he's going to be at least this level of a passer, you know, whereas with Darnold, you weren't quite sure. But again, watching those him make those throws today, um, yeah, you know, I'm not sure I've changed my mind necessarily, but at least it's it's more of a question mark in my mind now. I I still think I've thought thought Darnold for a while. Yeah. I, I think there was a game last year when uh, it was early on. It was one of the, like new Darnold's like third start or something, and you, you were at that game, and we looked at each other and we were like, I think he's better than Rosen right now. Yeah. And he was certainly last right. year, and I still think like from that point on, I th- I've thought he's he's NFL wise. As yeah, a I mean, I think we need to also give SC's line a lot of credit yeah. today, though. You it's know, hard they, to tell you because they, they gave not, they him nothing. Yeah, they Rose gave everything. They gave you know SC gave Ro- uh, Darnold a lot of time to throw today, you know, uh, on some occasions, and so I thought that was kind of a that was pretty big for them. And we'll get to find out next week. Because USC is well, but it's not there. fair though. No, like, no it's really not. <laughs> UCLA is like really bad, man. Yeah. Like I've been out there a couple times, and it's like there's nothing pretty about that, you know. Colorado's run defense coming into this game was the second worst in the conference, giving up like 200 yards uh, a game. UCLA's was 100 yards worse than that. They were they were 100 yards removed from the next closest. Run yeah, not only defense. that, but like UCLA, you know. Um, tried to establish the run against Colorado. And I think in the end, like, the numbers wound up looking okay because, you know, there was, like, a 50- or 60-yard run in there somewhere. Yeah. But if you actually kind of took that out of it, like, they basically could not move the ball on the ground. Yeah, so they can't run the ball and they can't stop the run. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, and it's really, you know, like, I don't know, like, I know Rosen's been criticized for trying to play, like, hero ball, but he, he kind of has to. Yeah. That's a really bad team, you know. And I, I again, I, I look at Rosen more and just kind of, you know, maybe I've seen him more than I have Donald, maybe. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, you know, especially like last year, like he was getting hit, like all the, you know, there were times he would be getting hit. And he, well, that's you know, why he gets hurt all the time. This right? is getting destroyed back there. Yeah, so, you know, I don't know. Like, I, you know, after kind of watching today, though, just kind of watching, again, just how far this SC receiving core has come. Yeah. My, you know, just me kind of looking at this, I kind of want to see Donald come back another year. You know, I think, again, for, from, because, for like, to, from like his perspective, or I think for everything, yeah, cause I, because you know what, like I still think he can, he can still, you know, as as good as he's as well as he's throwing those deep balls right now, right? Yeah, you can, you can continue to kind oh, of sharpen well, things. He he, he could, can, he'd probably do more improvement if he comes back. Well, because like but, the thing is, like with Rosen, I think like this is like life threatening, <laughs> right, right? Right? Like this is yeah, Darnold will be fine, <laughs> right? Yeah, physically, yeah. Um, but if you're the number one quarterback. Prospect or even number two, like you can make a case that it's Josh Rosen. I think most scouts right now um, think it's it's Sam Darnold. Right. Um, but he, he's probably going to go in the top five no matter what. Right. It's really hard to give that up. Like look what happened if Bar- Barkley came back, yeah. and I don't think Barkley was as good as Darnold. But you never know. You get injured. You could just be bad. Um, another guy can emerge. I think this is a year when a ton of people need quarterbacks. Yeah, and you're, you're a guy. Right. Like, yeah, you're you can't right give up that. that money. Yeah, no, you're probably right about that. But you know what? He's a, he's a local kid. You know, Southern California kid. Again, I think he kind of gets... 
you know, he was, right, he was living not too far from this while, you know, Reggie and Leinert were doing their thing. I mean, I think he kind of understands just... Cause he I, loves USC. Yeah, you know, and you kind of... He, get, he, this was his dream. He didn't have, like, an NFL dream. It yeah. was this. And, you know, that's the thing, too, is, you know, you talk about how the guys like Helton. I, I think you kind of get the same um, feeling uh, that the guys have for Darnold, too. Oh, yeah. You know, I remember... Actually, I forgot to mention this. I should have done that in the column. But, like, you know, when they were, when uh, Helton was talking about Darnold. Yeah. Uh, you know, the defensive back they brought in, what was his name? Uh, Jane Harris. Right, so the yeah. three of them are up there. Yeah. And as uh, Helton's talking about Darnold, Harris is up there, like, nodding the whole time and kind of smiling, you know. Yeah. And you can kind of see, like, yeah, like, he, they really like this guy, you know. And I just kind of, again, we saw this team, I think, kind of, blossom under Donald's leadership and I kind of would like to see another year and how that, you know... From a viewer's perspective, yeah. yeah. It'll be fun. Right. Um, I just don't know that it's going to happen. I just don't know that... Yeah, like, I just don't know. Do we really need to see him play with the Jets or whoever? Like, <laughs> probably not. He's not going to go to the Jets. He'll probably go to the 49 or something. If, that, if, if there's one team that he likes, it's the 49ers. Really? Yeah, he likes the 49ers. Huh. Yeah. I think he likes the Chargers a little bit too because he was close to. The does he know anything about like the current ownership though? How um, they like run children off sure their soccer does. fields? Yeah, I'm sure he does. Yeah, it's become an ugly situation yeah. up there. He liked. Place. He was like a Harbaugh Dodgers fan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the other th- player I want to talk about, who I don't feel like is getting nearly enough attention, is Ronald Jones. Oh, not at all. I, I tweeted today, and I didn't get that much pushback at all, besides, except for my sister who goes to Penn State, who's mm-hmm. kind of mad. Uh, Ronald Jones is having a better year than Saquon Barkley, I think. And I don't think it's super close. I think Saquon Barkley does a lot of things receiving-wise and kickoff-wise, but I think Ronald Jones might be the second-best running back in the country right now, behind Bryce Luck. Bryce Luck's having a ridiculous season. Yeah. But Ronald Jones is not anywhere near the Heisman Trophy conversation, and I don't know that he should get invited or not, but... He should he's he should at least be in the conversation if Saquon Barkley is. Yeah, you know, and I just think again, I you know that, that early, just I think the way the season started for SC just kind of, the expectations were just kind of so high and, you know, and if Darnold has kind of become an afterthought yeah. in the market, obviously yeah. then this guy really had no chance. Yeah, I think. Um, but yeah, you know, like right, he seems like a really nice kid too. He's got a great smile. Yeah, he's a good like kid. Really. Yeah. Kind of this. You know, light up a room type personality. He, he's actually really, he, this was one of his best talking days. Oh, was it? Yeah. He's pretty shy. He doesn't like oh, talking he? that much. Yeah. Yeah. No, I kind of I, I got like a really good impression from yeah. him. I kind of thought like, oh, this is you know. Well, I think he was really pumped to pass because he passed today. Lendale White, Reggie Bush, and uh, Mike Garrett. So two Heisman Trophy winners, I guess. If you count Reggie Bush, right. we're going to do in this yes, um, He passed two Heisman Trophy winners and <laughs> Lendell White on the all-time USC rushing list. He's six all the entre- time. Lendell White, the entrepreneur. The entrepreneur, yeah. yeah. Was, um, he, was he in attendance today? I don't think so. Hmm. Um, and he's closing in on OJ. He's closing in on OJ. Although OJ did it in two years. Yeah, OJ was very... Sweet. OJ was very You, you can't, yeah. You never replace OJ. Besides the <laughs> yeah. murdery <laughs> aspects of, you know, football-wise, he was very good. Um, Does OJ just hang out in Vegas? Yeah, I mean, people people had a video of him, at the, I think it was at the Cosmo or something like that, just, like, pretty drunk. That's so weird. He's yeah. hanging out at the Cosmo? That's, like, a weird place for him to see OJ. I mean, any like, would anywhere be a... Would, would, would there... Can you think of any place where you, you would see OJ and you'd be like, oh, yeah, it makes, it makes sense. Yeah. Like Where? The MGM. 
Really? Like, even yeah. if you bumped into OJ at the MGM, you yeah, wouldn't be like, like... Yeah, it kind of makes sense. Okay. Yeah, okay but like, why, why not the Cosmos? Too? The Cosmos like, weird. Cosmos like, really weird. I've never actually been inside the Cosmos. Oh, you haven't? No. So, it's a, it's a Marriott affiliated. Yeah, so yeah, you, I know You can't get your points there. Yeah. But, like, it's weird because there are two distinct clientele, right? There's the people that actually stay there. The people that are staying there, though, are generally, like, older. Mm-hmm. And are too old to, like party in the clubs and stuff that are in there yeah and the people that show up to go to the clubs and stuff yeah and that's like obviously a much younger crowd you know kind of when i think of the cosmo crowd that's it right they have like hidden you know you haven't so you haven't been in like hidden pizza no okay so there is like if you go to like the food level um there's a hidden pizza place there's no signs directing you there or anything uh-huh. and is it called hidden pizza yes it's called hidden pizza and it's, and it's like down like this hallway uh-huh. there's like it's a total unmarked hallway and at the end, yeah, they serve, like, pizza all night. So, like, it's, like, your last, you know, if you don't want to do fat burger late at night, that's, like, <laughs> where you go is to hit a pizza. So, but that's the kind of place it is, you know, it's, like, uh, you know what I mean. It's, like, what, like, does OJ go to Hidden Pizza? Maybe. I don't know, like, he'd be, like, the oldest guy to, like, ever get into yeah. Hidden Pizza. He's OJ, though. He's always going he's gonna to stick out wherever he, he goes. Will, yeah. He's not going to stick out because he's the oldest guy there. He's going to stick out because he's OJ Simpson. <laughs> we, but anyway... Can you just imagine yeah. just being, like, bobbed at, like, 3 in the morning and you bump into OJ yeah. and hit a pizza? Yeah. It'd be a great Vegas story. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Ronald Jones just runs so hard. I, I, he's, he's really good, and I, people should appreciate him more. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I do. You do. I know you do. Yeah, that's a good player. Um, a lot of good players here. So, one of the questions going into this UCLA game was... How much if, are they going to win by? Well, yeah. And, and <laughs> just on, on top of that, them. If, if, if USC won out and clinched against Colorado, which they just did, do they rest their guys going into the Pac-12 championship game? They have a bye after the UCLA game, so they have a chance to rest their guys. But if a guy's like kind of injured and banged up, do you rest them? Do you, do you sit them? Against UCLA, it's kind of depend. Yeah, probably. But now you have the added complication of now, like they're they've admitted that they're kind of thinking like we might be able to sneak in the playoffs. Right. So one, do they rest their guys? And two, do they legitimately have a chance at the playoffs? I mean, I think that you need to. I mean, the whole thing about like miracles in sports, right? Including miraculous comebacks and stuff, right? And I thought that it was actually very. Kind of telling, right? When you asked Donald about that possibility, yeah. and he's like, "Oh yeah, hundred percent, I'm thinking about it." Yeah, you know, and because I think you have to, because if you don't think about it, if you dismiss the possibility as being like too remote, then it can't happen. Yeah, you need to be like invested in that possibility until the possibility extinguishes. You know, and I think I thought that was a very kind of Sam Donald answer, right? Yeah. Like when you know when he has to drive the ball eighty yards, like he's not thinking like, "Oh, I can't do this." You know, he's always thinking kind of... In, that's why they love him. That's why they gravitate Right. Because he just, he just thinks... He's one of the most confident people. Yeah. Like, that's it. I mean, they, they, they can't lose. They can run back their string out there still. Yeah. yeah. UCLA is, like, yeah. really bad. Yeah. You know? Um, and, I mean, how many guys are we going to be talking about here? Like, two? Um, the kicker. Um, okay. So, don't kick any field goals. It'll yeah. Be fine. Uh, and Do they have anyone else that can kick? They'd use the punter, who's not, he's not a good kicker. Huh. Place kicker. Um, There's no, who, who like, else? walk-on? He is the walk-on. <laughs> Remember? He's the walk-on. He doesn't have a scholarship. The scholarship <laughs> oh, kicker that's right. who yeah, beat that's out towards me. ACL. Yeah. Oh, so that guy's... Okay. okay. Yeah, he's the walk-on. So there's he not a the second job, walk-on? But, um, no. No, it's it's him. 
Can't he just, like, find somebody? You would think... I mean, there are a ton of soccer players in Los Angeles. <laughs> right. right? Like, a lot of them probably haven't gone to college. Right. Just, get, you know, get them into USC <laughs> and put them on the team. You don't have to give them a scholarship. Yeah, you'd think they'd be able to find... I'm always baffled when teams can't really find a kicker. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, again, if it's, like, one or two guys, I don't think it's going to, like, affect their chances of beating... Uh, just what just happened find, to, like, like... What Let's happened to find Carr, a non-college? Um, he he um he hurt his foot, missed four games. This is his second game back, but they've really been taking it easy on him. He looked a hundred percent in practice. He didn't get a single carry today. He didn't have right. a single reception, which was weird. Um, because he he made one play in practice when I'm like, all right, he's one hundred percent because he he looked very good. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It, it said Ware had a really good game last game, but they really didn't give any carries to anyone other than Ronald Jones. I mean, yeah, you're right. Well, somebody... The next closest was, was who? It was uh, Vi Malapai at three. Oh, wow, that's it? For yeah. some reason, I thought he had more. No, this is the first game when they've been completely... Maybe last game a little bit huh. also, but said where got a lot last game. Yeah. This is the first game when they're like, we're riding Ronald Jones. He's our guy. We're going to give it to him. You know, He got two-thirds of the carries today. Yeah. Well, then they can, let, they can ride Ronald Jones next game too because they're going to be playing UCLA. Yeah. I mean, they should like. It, He's gonna run for like seven hundred yards in a half, and they're gonna yeah. sit him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how much? Who's the who's after OJ on the list? Um. So he's what, like a hundred and something to OJ? Yeah, he's um. I have this in my notes. So he'll have that after like a quarter. Yeah. Then who's next? Um. Then, I think here. Let me get it right here. It's um. Next is OJ. Then Ricky Bell. Then Anthony Davis. He could catch Anthony Davis this year. He needs four hundred something yards, and he's got one, two, probably three more games. So he could catch Anthony Davis. That'll be number three. He's not going to catch Marcus Allen. That's another like eleven hundred yards, and he's not going to catch Charles White, who's another fourteen hundred yards ahead of Marcus Allen, which is crazy. Well, they are playing UCLA. You never know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for four thousand yards. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he could he could finish as number three, assuming I mean. We're all assuming that he's going to leave for the NFL this year, which he probably should. He definitely should. He yeah. should leave. Yeah. Um, but, so, I wrote fairly hard that that, that USC is a legitimate playoff. Yeah, I don't see hopefully. why not. Well, because it's you, a long shot. But it's you definitely know what? a long it's shot. It's a long shot, but you know what? Again, in, in our market, that's all we really kind of care about. Yeah. You know? Are they like a national championship contender? And if they are, if there's even that's because that's the one thing that's going to make people pay attention. I think that people are going to read your story and be like, "Oh, that's interesting." Yeah, but I think there's a legitimate. It's just such a weird year. They're gonna jump. They're eleven right now. They're gonna jump Washington, and they're gonna jump TCU. I would think. Um, they, I think they're probably not. Ohio State actually could jump them. Because they were two spots below USC. USC now is 11. Ohio State was 13. But Ohio State just obliterated mm-hmm. Michigan State and has a better re- resume and the same number of losses. So yeah, I think Ohio Miami State thing doesn't help, right? No, USC could have used Miami to lose because I, I don't see USC jumping two loss Notre Dame, even yeah. though Notre Dame just got taken to the woodshed by right. Miami because Notre Dame did the same thing to USC. <laughs> So you can't jump USC Correct. over Notre Dame. Yes. I don't think. Um, so they still need a lot to happen. Yep. Georgia just lost, which helps, because now you might only get one SEC team in. But all of a sudden, Auburn could get in. They could be the two-team 
two two loss team that gets in if they beat Alabama and then beats Georgia again in the in the uh, in the championship game. And uh, now that we've done all this like hardcore football analysis, I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Can you actually look up mm-hmm. the intelligence of buffaloes? <laughs> okay. I'm really like puzzled. You know, like I don't know if you guys have seen this, but uh, Ralphie, Ralphie the buffalo, the mascot. Uh, so it's before the game and at halftime, right? Basically does like a lap around the field. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, like in a kind of a harness and he has handlers that hold onto these ropes and run alongside him. And he kind of basically starts on one corner of the end zone, right? Moves down the field, takes a turn, heads back to the other side of that same end zone where he runs into a trailer, and I'm just kind of puzzled about, like, this whole, like, he does this every other week, basically, right? Yeah. Or she. 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 Does it every other week. And yet she's, like, willingly going into captivity. I gotta think that this bison is treated well. Right? Because yeah, no, PETA she, would be, like, all but over But she this. did not, like, when you saw her in her cage before the game... She was like kicking. She was angry. She was man. rearing to go. She was ready to run. I don't know. I don't think no, she, she was. She, she was kicking a lot. Yeah. Well, like, nobody likes to be caged. And then all right. Well, I don't think she like necessarily like going into the trailer either because when she did, you see the whole thing shake. Like I'm guessing she like hit the front. Yeah. You know. I don't know. Like I'm kind of questioning how smart these animals are. I shocking, but I'm googling intelligence of buffaloes and not not much is coming <laughs> up from reputable places. Uh, Although they have big heads, don't they? Because isn't it like generally the intelligence is like brain size compared to like the rest of your body? I don't think so. Yeah? I think that's eugenics. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the size of the brain really has. I mean. I think it is. It's like relative to like the rest of the body, isn't it? I don't think so. I mean, there are animals with bigger heads than. No, like ostriches are like really stupid. But that's one example of a small <laughs> head. And. I do, what, what animals have small heads that are, like, really smart? Small, I mean, we have fairly small heads, don't we? No, not compared to, like, the rest of our bodies. What animal has a big head? Like, I feel like lions have fairly big heads, even compared to their bodies. Well, who's smart? Like, dolphins? Yeah, dolph- dolphins don't have big Dolphins have small heads. Yeah, but we don't really know. Well, where does their head end? They don't have, like, necks. It's all kind of one thing, right? Maybe they have, like, really big brains in there. <laughs> I think we, we know. We, we could MRI them. We could autopsy, you know, do dissections. All right, I'm going to Google now size of head compared to body and uh, intelligence. Uh, size of brain. Size of brain, it's right. Brain right, 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 brain, brain, brain. Size of brain. Brain to body mass ratio. Oh. This is Wikipedia. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Hypothesized to be a rough estimate of the intelligence of an animal. Yeah. Although fairly inaccurate in many cases. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe the buffalo is like one of those exceptions. Because the buffaloes, I think, have really big heads. Yeah. All right. Brain mass to body mass ratio. The highest. Wait, wait, I guess, what do you. This isn't a ratio. I think we're boring the people. Yeah. Yeah. All right, um, we'll come back. I don't know if we're going to do any calls tonight because we already really got, like, one call. Um, should we do it? Yeah, should we do call. it? All right, we'll, we'll, we'll stick around for that. Uh, then we'll, um, we'll take you inside the locker room. You'll hear from uh, some players and, and Clay Helton. In a, it was a pretty noisy locker room. It was a little tiny room right off of the locker room where they were playing music. 
but you'll hear that. Um, so let's t- let's take some calls. First up is Cal from LA. Cal's been calling a lot. Cal's like a regular caller now, and I appreciate right. it because we didn't get many calls tonight. So we should take the call. Cal. Yeah. All right. Hey Zach, it's Cal from LA. USC still doesn't know how to play a complete game. It seems first half was good, second half so-so, but they still won. And with all the upsets going on in the top 10, who knows if USC is going to be somewhere in the top 10 against UCLA. So the chances of USC dominating in the Pac-12 championship December 1st, who do you think the opponent will be? Thanks a lot. Bye. See, this is what we're talking about where I don't think we're being hypercritical because this is the market. People like... If you don't put together a full game, yeah. If you don't, if you don't show that you're gonna be, a well, keep team. in mind too. Like, I mean, I think that the nature of the sports fan is always to kind of worry. Yeah. Right, and you're always, you know, I think, I mean, you, and I think you see this like as a beat guy, especially, right? I mean, the teams that you see all the time, like you notice their flaws more. Like you become, in, you're intimately familiar with their flaws, and yeah. you can kind of see, imagine them playing you know, a certain team and getting exposed because of that, right? And I think that it's kind of natural for a fan to kind of look at this. Yeah, and if, I, if I'm an SC fan, right, and I'm looking ahead to bowl season and you kind of start wondering, okay, well, if they, you know, they might play this team, they might play that team. Like, yeah, you get a little bit concerned, you know. They might play Ohio State. Yeah, like, again, I, then that would make me concerned. <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, he was asking, who do you think is going to be the... Uh... It looks like it's going to be Stanford because Stanford beat Washington. Um, if, and well, it's actually kind of weird. If, if, if Washington State beats Washington in the Apple Cup, it's, let's say everyone wins out, except Washington and Washington State play each other. Um, then Washington State beats Stanford, so Stanford, so, so Washington State would actually be in the championship mm-hmm. game. So it looks like it's probably going to be Stanford or Washington State, depending on the Apple Cup. Um, Washington still has a tiny chance if Stanford loses to Cal... And if Washington beats Washington State in the Apple Cup, then I believe it'll be Washington. And they're going to kill Stanford. I don't know. Stanford's not good. Man. They're not that good, but they're very well coached. I mean, USC destroyed them earlier in the year. Yeah, they should beat them. What, well, because, you know, man, like I was up there when uh, actually they blew out UCLA. And I know it ended up like that, but like when I just saw the two teams, you know, before the thing kind of just went off the rails. Yeah. I thought UCLA was going to win that game. Like, you're watching them, and you're kind of thinking, okay, UCLA's the better team here. You know, it didn't quite play out like that. But, um, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not impressed with Stanford at all. I think, yes, he just smashes I think they, I think they beat him. I think they would beat Washington State also, which would be very interesting because it would be a chance to kind of avenge that loss, which is yeah, I mean, not kinda, like... Yeah, I'd actually run this. That's kind of the game. That that's what fun. I want to see. That was also kind of a fun game. No, it? it was horrible. Was I mean, it? it was close, but it was just poorly played by both teams. So yeah, like a kinda, Friday night well, game. Yeah, I know. Or, I was, you know well, I just shortly. remember I was home watching it. Yeah. On TV. Yeah. Not having to cover it on deadline, and I enjoyed it. USC almost beat them and lost three linemen in that game, and Darnold played horribly. I think they would beat them on a neutral field for like pretty easily because they they've gotten better. Washington State hasn't, but it would be interesting. I think USC or Washington losing to Stanford was bad for USC because it looks a lot better if they beat a one loss. Washington, yeah, I agree. Uh, who they haven't played yet right. in the championship game than it does just beating a team they've played before who don't have one loss. Um, but that's what it is. 
Where is everything this year? The playoffs? Like, what are the bowls that are leading to? The Rose Bowl is one of them. Okay, what's those? Do you know which one the other one is? Uh, it's the, uh, the, uh, the Sugar Bowl. Okay. And then who? A- Atlanta, the new Atlanta Stadium. is the, the National Championship. Yeah. Yeah. The good locations. New Orleans. Wait, did I go to Atlanta last year? I was in Atlanta last year. For, for what? The National Semifinal. Uh, Peach Bowl. At the, at the Georgia Dome. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember thinking that Georgia Dome is totally fine, by the way. Fine, yeah. Like, there's no reason to, you know, what I'm saying is there's no reason to build a new stadium. Well, they're going to make a lot more money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. seems kind of wasteful. Well, not if you're the people making the money. <laughs> <laughs> they have the good con- concessions. at the. That's that's reason alone for USC to make it to the national championship game. Because well, they have, like, right. the, the like $2 hot dogs. And, yeah. Yeah. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> the good thing is that they, they have a bunch of Chick-fil-A's there but they can't use it at any of the Falcons games because they're on Sundays so we could go and get the Chick-fil-A because you know chick fil is not open on Sunday right yeah huh anyway <laughs> with, with that and, uh, and with the brain to body mass ratio um, <laughs> we'll be back and uh, you'll hear from, uh, from some players and, and uh, Clay Helton in a bit stay with us all right, first off, here's that soundbite from Sam Darnold we were talking about, uh, talking about the playoffs. Here's Sam. Georgia lost today while you guys were playing. Miami and Notre Dame are going to be playing. One of them is going to have to lose. Do you guys, in the back of your mind, like you mentioned this during the week, but do you think like this is another step closer to maybe sneaking in the playoffs? Yeah, 100%. Anytime, anytime we have a good win on the road um, in the Pac-12, it's, it, I think it says a lot um, for our team, and I think that, um, you know, however the committee decides to um, place all the four teams, we're just going to sit back and do what we can to win, win every game from here on out. And now this is something we didn't get to discuss a lot. Now we mentioned it, but the receivers have really come on a lot, and that's made a really big difference for Sam Darnold, I think. Uh, so here's Clay Helton talking about what the difference in the offense from the beginning towards the beginning of the season when USC was struggling in the middle until now. He says it's the receivers, so here's Clay Helton. What do you feel like you've figured out an offense? What do you think you guys have kicked out? I think, one, um, the the maturity of the wide receivers has grown, and it's it's helped the quarterback. Um, They're really coming together. They're playing great football. And then um, that was a great performance by Sam tonight. I thought he delivered the ball where his kids could make plays. And and they they literally had the philosophy, the ball is mine. If I touch it, I catch it. And, you know, that – that balance has got to help you. You know, if you're going to run for 300 yards a game like like we were doing in the past two weeks, you got to expect that Colorado's going to come in here to try to shut down the rushing attack. And that's what we said going the game. You're going to get your one-on-one shots. We have got to make them to be able to win this thing. And lastly, here's that excited Ronald Jones we were talking about uh, discussing what it's like to uh, pass some of his heroes, actually, on the USC all-time rushing list. Is that special to you? Does it make you feel like you belong as one oh, of the yeah. great USC running backs? Most definitely, yeah. Reggie was, you know, my all-time favorite player growing up. So, you know, just to be mentioned in the conversation with him, you know, it's crazy. And then obviously, Lindell uh, is obviously the go-to. And, you know, he's got all these records here. And, you know, they both went on to have good careers in the NFL. So just to be in that class, yeah, it's, it's really amazing. I thought I'd never do it, but here we are. All right, that'll do it for USC Overtime this week. The call you heard at the beginning of the show was from Tim Brando, Spencer Tillman, and Holly Saunders for Fox. If you like what you heard, give us a review on iTunes. 
I'll be doing a weekly mailbag every Friday. So remember to tweet questions to at ZHelfand. You can also email them in zach.helfand at latimes.com. And call into the hotline every week. We need more people than just Cal every week at 213-357-0984. Although, Cal, if you've made it this far, keep calling. We kind of need you. Um, We'll see you next week from the Coliseum where USC will play UCLA. Thanks, as always, for listening.